Oh, sorry, that was just the, uh, the old sound I used to make when I was using the wrong tools south of the border, if you know what I'm talking about. But now these days, the only time I scream is when I play poor golf or something like that. Uh, <laughs> the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, incredible product. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of one of those things that was faux pas to talk about in the past. Manscaped has really broken down those barriers. You know, people that I've known for only a month are telling me about when they use their Manscaped, how they use their Manscaped. So let's take the stigma out of talking about staying trimmed and clean. And I think we're doing a great job here. So get Manscaped. Use the code DNVR20. Get 20% off plus free shipping. And let me tell you, the second that you use the Crop Preserver on your jewels you will never go back you if you go outside literally if you go outside in the summer you have to have the crop preserver so get it now use the code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off plus free shipping from manscape Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. Really good stuff. I I remember when I was back in school, I used to always ask myself, why are we learning this? You'll never ask yourself that when you go to MSU Denver Online because they're going to give you the right education and exactly what you're looking for. None of the riffraff, none of that other stuff. Just get to the point and figure out how you can apply it to your career. So go to msudenver.edu slash online today to check out all they have to offer. My boys, happy Friday, Bum Talk Friday. I'm so ready for this, and I'm already having a great Friday. Hit my big-time running goal this morning that I was aiming for for a couple of months. Uh, Got the hair quaff that I like going on right now. My favorite artist. Quinn 92 just released the new album a couple hours ago. This is a great Friday. And Ryan, since we're talking about it, you know, I also did a little manscaping this morning. So, I mean, I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready for this pod. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's a lot of information there, Zach. Let me start with the, the band. Call me, call me crazy. Call me square. Call me old. Call me out of it. I've never heard of that musical act. You and every other person listening to this podcast other than Zach. Probably very true. Zach's, Zach, your favorites are so esoteric. Like Chuck. Uh, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm unique. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm feeling great today too, boys, because I don't know if you heard the good word about Colin Morikawa yesterday, but uh, uh, were you able to catch the video that I posted on Twitter? Tell me. Okay, so... On Wednesday's episode of DNVR Bets Daily, I was talking about the golf and I just, I fell in love with Colin Morikawa and I was like, this guy, just anything that involves him, you need to bet on Colin Morikawa. So first round, win his matchup, win his six shooter, win this, win that, win the other thing. Well, the man goes ahead and beats everyone in the first round of the tournament. He's first place through, through one round. Uh, so we cashed like five bets yesterday, and I'm just like, look, guys, you got to dance with the ones that brought you. So we're going back to the Colin Morikawa well round two. Well, Colin Morikawa shoots a clean four under round two. He's a three-stroke leader right now. He won his matchup. He won his six-shooter. He won everything. Uh, so Colin Morikawa is uh, my god. So I'm, I'm manscaped ready for the weekend, and you are just going into the weekend with your, your pocketbook full. Just buckets of cash. <laughs> now, just like Mace said about my guy, Quinn92, Ryan, is it bad that I haven't heard of Colin Morikawa before? Well, you should. Uh, he's a rising star uh, on the PGA Tour, I believe. He's uh, just been... like my guy, Quinn92. Yes, yes, he's the Quinn92 of the PGAs. If, uh, if Quinn92 
has performed in 24 events on the PGA Tour and made 23 cuts. Wow, that is Not impressive. Bad. I know why you like him now. Second all-time, uh, he, he made 23 in a row. Uh, second all-time to a, uh, some guy named Tiger Woods. Who? Is it bad that I don't know him? Uh, no, no. He's, <laughs> he's an old, old guy. Uh, all, all the, uh, the best generation. part about Morikawa, though, uh, well, I mean, I know Woods and I know Morikawa, and the interesting thing about talking about Tiger Woods in the same breath is Tiger went to Stanford, Morikawa went to Berkeley. He sure did. Mm, I like that. A little bit of rivalry man. there. What I love about Morikawa is um, guys like me, when, when they start talking about, like, shaping shots on the PGA Tour, they're like, oh, he's just going to hit a little draw around this tree. I'm like, my ball only goes one way. It goes left <laughs> to right. Every shot, it starts left, it goes right. If it goes the other way, something terrible has happened, and I'm in trouble. Well, Morikawa, that, he's just like me. He only hits a fade, and here he is, uh, you know, just – just dialing it up on on the the PGA Tour at Muirfield Village, which is not an easy course. He's gone. Uh, what do you do? Sixty two yesterday or sixty five yesterday, sixty eight today. Yeah, that'll work. So when when am I going to be talking about RK making twenty three of twenty four cuts? If if you're just like Morikawa, the only time I make 23, 20 out of twenty four cuts without messing up is when I'm cutting vegetables. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna say when you were using the lawnmower 3.0 for Manscaped. No, that would be 24 out of 24. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford missed cuts there, if you know what I'm saying. And Manscaped would never let you ha- let let that happen. Um, okay, we do have some Broncos news <laughs> to get to today on the show. We're not just gonna talk about golf, although I definitely could do that. Um, Maybe you ch- turn into DNVR Bets Daily later, actually right around noon, 12.30, if you want to hear more golf talk. Uh, but Justin Simmons, a little bit of news today. Zach, what do we got? Justin Simmons will sign his franchise tender in the next couple of days. This is really just a formality because we knew that Justin Simmons was going to play under the franchise tag if no long-term deal was reached. But this just will make it official once he signs the dotted line. Justin Simmons will be playing in 2020 for the Broncos, uh, regardless on whether it's a long-term deal or not. Yeah, this was something that there was absolutely no worry about that he was going to that he was going to opt out and pull Le'Veon Bell here. That Justin always indicated that if he couldn't get a long-term deal done, that he would make sure he signed the franchise tag. That he was going to play one way or the other. And Justin Simmons is somebody that has proven that you can take him at his word, but the door isn't closed. I mean, they still have another five days to work this thing out. The clock is ticking, but the clock has been ticking. The Broncos, every time John Elway has franchise tagged a guy, he's signed into a multi-year deal, and three of those four deals were actually signed within 48 hours of the deadline. So deadlines spur action. You hope it's the case here, but either way, at least you know Justin Simmons is going to be on the field in 2020 yeah and all i'll say for for justin is just make sure that there's a starbucks pretty close to uh (laughs) the broncos facility make sure you're in denver by the time uh if you're going to sign a long-term deal by the 2 p.m wednesday deadline let's let's not have a a fax machine issue oh very very good point no fax machine issues although let me just get (laughs) i want your guys takes on this right now uh does something get done before the deadline I think this is the first time in the John Elway tenure that a a long-term deal is not reached before the franchise tag deadline. And it has nothing to do with the way the Broncos view Justin Simmons um, and and them not wanting him to be in the long-term plans. I think it has to do with just how 2020 is so different. And there's so many uncertainties going forward. Um, And let's say the cap does dip a little bit next year, not, not drastically, um, but let's say it does dip or doesn't go up. Maybe the Broncos are able to get a, a tiny bit of a discount on Justin uh, next off season by signing him. So I fully expect Justin Simmons to be a Bronco in 2021 and beyond after this year. I just think it's going to be a rare time where uh, the Broncos don't get a deal done, a long-term deal done with him this year. Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with the climate that things are in and trying to ascertain 
what things look like in terms of how much money is still managing to come in. We have teams talking about 20% capacity, 25% capacity is what the Jaguars threw out this morning. I expect the Broncos are probably going to be around 20%. Uh, and that's best case scenario, really. That's assuming you can get some fans into the stadium. It's going to affect the revenue. It, but here's the thing. The salary cap, I believe that both the NFL and the NFLPA, it's going to behoove both sides to find a way to make sure that the cap doesn't take a hit because of the loss of revenue, that you're able to either make sure the cap is the same as it was this year or maybe a little bit more and then have the gradual rise rather than what we are expecting to be a significant spike on the other side of all of these television contracts for 2022 and beyond. It may not be a one-year jump. It may be something that happens gradually as they make up for revenue that was lost this year. So I still think it might behoove the Broncos to get something done prior to next Wednesday because if Simmons plays well and they can manage to keep the salary cap at the current level, then his price tag isn't going to go down and it might still go up based on everybody projecting what those television and streaming contracts are going to look like on the other side of this. Yeah, this is a weird one guys. And um, I think it would be understandable. It seems like right now, if you had the option, Hey, do you want to push something back a little bit? Like you're always going to take the option. Yes. I want to push something. If you're having to make big time life decisions right now, you know, I had friends who before all of this were happened, were planning on moving to Washington, DC. Well, then it came down and their landlord gave them the option. Hey, if you guys want to go month to month for the time being, that's okay with me. Well, yeah, they took that option. You know, <laughs> anytime you have the option to push something back right now, you're probably taking that option. Uh, and the Broncos do have that luxury here with Justin Simmons. Now, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Justin Simmons isn't the type of guy who would probably be like putting the Broncos on blast on social media if he didn't like the way they were negotiating. But as long as there's an understanding between the two parties of, hey, look, you know, we both want to get something done. We both want you to be here. We, everyone is on the same page here, but we do have this nice little opportunity here where we can push this back and see where things are a year from now. It really feels like that, that might be the right thing to do here. Have you guys ever heard John Elway talk about a player the way he's talked about Justin Simmons? I mean, John Elway is a guy that is a very hard negotiator. We know that. And he, many times, throughout the season last year, he gave away so many uh, of his negotiating powers by saying, yep, Justin's going to be here. We're going to get a deal worked with him. He's going to be here. Not worried about his contract. We want him here. He's a great person. He's a great teammate. He's a great player. I mean, it, it, it should be uh, easy for Justin Simmons to, to approach the Broncos and say, well, you want me here. Now let's just make me the highest paid safety. Um, so I, I really don't think that there's any doubts from the Broncos side that they want him here. Um, but let's say cash flow is even shorter this year than typical. And we know the Broncos aren't floating in cash as it is anyways, to sign him to a big deal and, and have all the money for a big signing bonus and, and have to put money in escrow uh, as Mace would point to that's, that may just be too much and with, with so much uncertainty. So um, I, if this were any other year, then I would be saying if Justin Simmons didn't sign a long-term deal before this deadline, I'd be saying, whoa, not good news for him being a Bronco the following year. Not the case here. Yeah, maybe you just want to get an idea of what things are going to look like. I think that's part of it. The other thing is when you're talking about that guarantee that has to go into escrow, right now the top amount in terms of full guarantees, according to over the cap for safeties, belongs to Earl Thomas, who has, a, who has a $32 million guarantee on his current contract. Right behind him is Landon Collins of Washington at $31 million, and Tyron Matthew of the Chiefs at $26.8 million. So you think it's fair for Justin Simmons to say, I want at least $30 million of full guarantees. I think that's perfectly reasonable, and is that too much at this point? Yeah, yeah, it very, very well may could be. Uh, and so this year, Justin Simmons will make $11.44 million under the franchise tag if no long-term deal is reached. That would put him as the fifth highest paid safety this year in terms of cap hit. 
Uh, and you know who's fourth? Kareem Jackson at $14 million. Then you have Landon Collins, Earl Thomas, and Tyron Matthew. That is pretty good company for Justin Simmons to be in. And, of course, uh, that also makes the Broncos the highest-paid safety group in the entire league. Do you think that's, do you think that's right about where, where Justin should be? Yeah, the problem here for the Broncos is you can't be a, a guy signing a, a deal one year after another guy on your team signed a deal at the same position and get less money. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so the deal starts at Kareem. Like Kareem Jackson is the floor. And you cannot go, you cannot go anywhere uh, but up from where Kareem Jackson is. And so if Kareem Jackson is going to make $14 million this year, Justin Simmons, or, or whenever this contract starts, has got to be making fifteen. Um, and he needs to be in the top five, obviously, and he has to be above Kareem Jackson. So that's where the Broncos are. It's, it's a little bit of an unfortunate place to be, but, you know, that's, it's exactly what happened with Chris Harris Jr. last year. You know, he's like, what, what the heck? How am I making less money than, than, than this new guy who hasn't proven anything on this team yet when I've been pouring blood, sweat, and tears into these colors for, you know, eight years or whatever it was. So uh, the Broncos are in a tough spot. That, like, the, this contract seems like it kind of writes itself, which is the only thing that surprises me about the fact that it might get pushed back. To me, it seems like it's really simple. You know, it's a, it's a $15 million uh, a year deal with $30 million guaranteed at least. The, the Broncos, this climate that we're in right now uh, and, and not potentially allowing a long-term deal to be signed could actually be perfect for the Broncos because, guys, there's, there's no question that Justin Simmons' best year of his career was last year, right? So let's, let's see if he can do that two years in a row. I, I have no doubts that, that he will be able to do that. And you know what? If he has another season in 2020 like he did in 2019 and two years in a row he's proven to be one of the best safeties in the NFL, then you know what? Pay him. Make him the highest paid safety in the league. Easy, Ryan. The, the contract writes itself. It may hurt to, to write that check, uh, but you're paying him. You're keeping him around because you have no questions that he's elite for the duration of that contract. Let's say he takes a step back and he's average. He, he's still obviously a great person to have on your team. Great, great locker room guy. Uh, but, but he's more of the type of player he was uh, year two and three. And I don't expect him to take it, take a step back. Let's say he does. Well, then you can say, okay, well, we can, we can replace him fairly easy or here's $10 million a year. We're going to pay you like, uh, an above average safety because you've shown that you can be very good. You've shown that you can be average. Um, so I, I think that if there's any uncertainty on the type of player Justin Simmons is in terms of like a, a five-year deal, this could, this could help the Broncos a lot this year um, without upsetting Justin Simmons because of the current climate. Yeah, it could, it could, but at the same time, if he does play well, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of a risk if he plays really well and the, NFL and the PA work out something where the cap does not take that catastrophic one-year hit, then all of a sudden you're looking at a price tag that's just that's going to go up, and you're going to end up paying him more money down the line if you re-sign him, or you know he might be he might be inclined to to move on. So I mean, it's, everything comes with some degree of of risk here. I, personally, if you can if you can find the, the capital to get an escrow, I think you find a way to make this happen in the, in the next five days. But again, it, it, there are challenges that, uh, that loom this year that are going to be unlike any other. So it's, I wish it was a, I wish it was clear cut, but this is, this is one of those things, guys, it just, it's, it's in the gray area. And uh, you know, in a, in a normal scenario, I don't think we'd be having this discussion, but here we are. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting one. Um, Again, we all assume that, that Justin Simmons will eventually be a long-term Denver Bronco, and until something weird happens, I think we'll all stay right there. So, obviously, we'll keep an eye on this. It'll heat up a little bit more next week, and we'll talk about it more then, of course. But, guys, <laughs> they don't call it freaking Pissed Friday for nothing. <laughs> oh, boy, I am freaking pissed. Madden ratings are out. Mm -hmm. oh yep, good and broncos uh rookies coming in high right 
not all the Madden ratings, but the rookie Madden ratings are out. And fellas, something is very amiss. Because somehow, some way, Henry Ruggs III has a higher Madden rating than Jerry Judy. And I just, I'm just curious if these guys have ever watched these two players play. What? What are we doing, Madden? Don't make me mad. I just told you that I started this day fantastic. Now you're making me pissed. But how? What? What? What are they? Madden got caught up by the Raiders and the Al Davis philosophy of speed. Speed. I mean, that, that's all it can be judged on, right? And speed is not everything. He, he, was, he wasn't even the best receiver on uh, Alabama last year. He wasn't even the second best receiver on Alabama last year. You know who the best receiver was? The guy the Broncos got. How can they put him ahead of Jerry Judy? And this, I I like Henry Ruggs. I think he should have a a, a high rating, but I love Jerry Judy. And before he was on the Broncos, I think we all would have said Jerry Judy should be the highest rated Madden player uh, rookie from this wide receiver class. Yeah, and you know something, at first I would be like, hey, Jerry Judy with an overall rating of 75, that's the magic number, but I don't like the fact that Ruggs is ahead of him, and get this, guys, if you go through their ratings, on the catching rating, Henry Ruggs has an 83, Jerry Judy has an 81. What are they watching? Come on! (laughs) Also, like, like, I realize that Henry Ruggs is faster. But he's also rated higher on deep route running abilities. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, no. Like, just because he's faster doesn't mean he's a better deep route runner. It means that he might be better at running in a straight line. But in terms of, like, a deep post, uh, Jerry Judy's going to run that route better. You know, if if they want to have Henry Ruggs be rated higher in speed and acceleration than Jerry Judy, that's how it should be. That's right. Everything else should be Jerry Judy. And in the end, that should make him the better player. Do you guys have uh, Henry Ruggs's, uh speed and acceleration? Yes, yes, and that is the last thing that I take issue with here. Um, so his speed oh, – I've lost it. His speed is a 98. His acceleration <laughs> is a 97. And let me tell you, that is going to be so hard to defend in Madden. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that's the other well, – a couple things. The first thing I was going to say is you can make him really, really fast and have him be really, really effective in the game without having to make him be a higher overall. He should, also shouldn't be a higher overall uh, than CeeDee Lamb. But all you needed was him to be fast. Trust me, I'm starting on a linebacker who is like a 63 overall, but he has a 94 speed and he makes plays all day. Um, so you could have had him be a 74, have uh, Lamb – and Judy be 75s, and I think everyone would have been fine with this. And honestly, if you gave me my pick in Madden, I still would have taken Henry Ruggs. But here's where I really, really take issue. Who ran the fat? Who ran the fastest 40 in the history of the combine? Uh, John Ross. Okay. And so we are basing Henry Ruggs' speed off of his 40 time, correct? Should be. But we yes. know that he was. What was it? Um, five. Tenth, or was it five hundredths of a second slower than John Ross? Yep. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Well, then how in the hell is he a 98 speed when John Ross is a 97? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Game that, speed, I guess. <laughs> that uh, get that this, doesn't add up. Yes. But get this, guys. I do think Madden was paying attention to some of Jerry Judy's videos because change of direction, Jerry Judy 90, Henry Ruggs is 88. Mm, Henry Ruggs still seems a little too high, but this is uh, this is whack. Uh, Jerry Judy, 91 speed, 93 acceleration, though. So they are, uh, they, are, they are paying, I guess, a little bit of attention here. Here's my prediction. Two things. One, by week four, Jerry Judy has a higher updated Madden, Madden rating than Henry Ruggs. Like that. Two, mm-hmm. by the end of the season – uh, he is well into the 80s in his overall rating. That would be huge, Ryan. I 
totally don't disagree with you since I think that he could be the Broncos best receiver and Cortland Sutton's a pretty darn good receiver. So I think that rating could be very high, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, in the eighties as well. Uh, man, that is just, so, so my question to you guys is where should Henry Ruggs be rated overall and where should Jerry Judy be rated overall right now? Yeah. I mean, they never, they never want to overrate rookies, although they've clearly done it here with Henry Ruggs. Um, so you're, you're in the 75 range. Like, that's where they're going to put rookies almost all of the time. I would have been fine with Henry Ruggs being a 74 and Jerry Judy being a 75. Um, it's just, again, you, the overall stuff doesn't matter. Once he has that speed, he's going to be one of the hardest players in Madden to defend, like bar none. It's just right then and there. So I just don't understand why they felt the need to give him the bump in overall because in the end, everyone would have agreed with him being a lower overall rating with a higher speed. That's exactly what he is in real life. He is a worse receiver than Jerry Judy, who is a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And Ryan, getting my feet wet in, in Madden this past month, uh, Madden typically maybe will have one rookie be in the 80s and it'll be like a, a rating of 80. They, they have a few that are in the high 70s, It like just a couple. Uh, and then you're right. I mean, set, if, you, if you get a rookie that's the magical number of 75, you are very happy with that. So they're saying the Broncos should be very happy with Jerry Judy. Uh, but the Broncos are thrilled with him. I, I think that he should be in the high 70s. Put it at 78 uh, as a rookie, which, which would be incredible. I think he's that special of a player. And I'm okay with Henry Ruggs having a really good score as well, but he shouldn't be higher. He should be a 77, 76. I think 76 fits him well. So I think they nailed that uh, because he, he does have this special speed and something special there, but Jerry Judy is a special receiver. So that's what I would do. 78, 76. So what are you doing, Madden? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I for one am freaking pissed. I gotta tell you. <laughs> Where do you think of uh, KJ Hamler being a seventy overall? He's ninety four sp- speed, ninety five acceleration, ninety three agility. So I think that's almost exactly what I got him at in our Madden draft this year. Except I think he started as a seventy two, but the ninety four ninety five speed uh, was like mm-hmm. that, and uh, I think that's pretty good. Look, what's crazy here is that if if K.J. Hamler runs the 40 at the Combine. One, he's not on the Broncos, so we're not even talking about him right now. But we might be talking about how he's the one with 98 speed because they're not going to give a rookie 99 speed, but they're, they couldn't not give him a higher speed than Henry Ruggs if he ran a faster 40. And anyone who was around him in training thought he was going to run a faster 40 than Henry Ruggs. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, you'll take, if, if he's a 94 speed, the Broncos will be very happy to have him. He'll be easily the fastest player on the team. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, I, I was going to say, I'm actually surprised they gave him a 94 speed since he didn't run at the combine. Uh, and if he really is as fast as Vic Fangio, KJ Hamler, uh, Albert O believe he is, then that speed should be much closer to 98 of uh of henry ruggs than the 94 that he is at the end of the season yeah he's sitting there right now with overall the second best speed number only behind henry ruggs jalen rager who did run at the combine but didn't run well still managed to be a first round pick he's right there at a 93 one spot one uh one point behind kj hamler so it's pretty fair i i can see that but if anything, I would have had KJ Hamler maybe a little bit higher, maybe have ninety both 95 speed and acceleration, but not complaining. Yep. Yeah, well, and if you guys have speed, you should use your speed to get down to your local liquor store and stock up on Breck Brews for the weekend. 15 can packs, that's, that's probably the right amount to get you through the weekend uh, unless you're, you, you know, really pouring them back, which, hey, do you. Uh, but I'll be drinking some Breck Brews this weekend for sure out on the golf course. So whatever you're doing this weekend, use your speed, whether you're a 94 overall or maybe you're, you know, 55 speed like me. Uh, you can still get your Breck Brews and get them back for the weekend. So hit up Breckenridge Brewery, hit, get, hit up your local liquor store. Maybe it's Davidson's and get yourself some Breck Brews for the weekend.
make sure to hit up the DNVR while you're sipping on those Breck brews and check out our Raptors coverage because guys, there's some big news coming out this week. DNVR isn't just covering all things rugby in Colorado. They're covering all things rugby in the United States. And our reporter, Colton Strickler, is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. You can find his written content right here on thednvr.com with the rest of our coverage. And Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. So make sure you're keeping up to speed with us and Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast, thednvr.com. Guys, this is big time news. So make sure you're following Colton on Twitter. Make sure you're following uh, the DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Make sure you're following DNVR Rugby Podcast and make sure you're rolling with us on thednvr.com for all of your American rugby news. And someone asked, asked me this the other day so maybe i should we should give the listeners an update if speaking of the dnvr.com if you want to comment on these podcasts you want to hear your voice heard have your voice heard on this podcast you can always subscribe to the dnvr.com and you go to the most recent podcast that we posted on the website for today's podcast you would have scrolled through there and seen that yesterday's podcast was titled what the 2020 season might look like you click on that you scroll down to the bottom of the page and you got uh, the comment section there where you can chime in with your comments. And of course, while I'm at it, I might as well remind you guys, Hey, if you haven't already hit us with a nice little review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. So those are my two updates and let's jump in to the questions from the listeners. First one coming in from Wildcard. He said, what's up, fellas? I don't know if you guys have seen the latest Jerry Judy video going around, but all I can say is my God. That dude just doesn't move like other humans. Like, I mean, seriously, have you ever seen any other wide receiver prospects with that same route running ability as Jerry freaking Judy? If so, who? It's hard not to think this guy isn't going to be an all-timer. His ability to make those ex- ex- uh, exaggerations look so fluent as something I have never seen. It's like the exaggeration is in real speed and the rest of the route is in fast forward. Seriously, guys, Jerry freaking Judy wild card. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't. I mean, these videos are absurd to watch. Like, you know, some people have said like, ah, it makes my knees hurt just watching it. Like, the change of direction, the explosiveness out of the routes, all of these things are stuff I haven't seen before. Uh, now, there's been some really great route runners coming out of the draft. It's just you haven't been – I think it was, you know, you just haven't seen such an up-close look of it as we are with Jerry Judy right now. It is unbelievable watching this kid work. Yeah, it, it really is. And I don't remember um, who Lamar Jackson – was uh, gawking over. Some receiver put out a uh, uh, a workout video. Ryan, do you remember who that was? Yeah, who was that? It, it was a, uh, it was a. I think it was an established NFL player, a good one, and it was a very similar video I think that Jerry, Calvin Ridley. Yes, yes, that's who it was. It was Calvin Ridley, another Alabama receiver, uh, and he put out one, and it, it was a good workout video. But after watching Jerry Judy's workout videos running routes, Jerry Judy's was much better. And Calvin Ridley has been a, turned out to be a very good first-round pick uh, for the Falcons. And Jerry Judy's, as a rookie, before he's even got with the coaching staff, much better. Yeah. Uh, this I don't even know what to say. Um, he, <laughs> takes my, he takes my breath away every, t- every single time he posts. Um, we're starting to see his personality shine through a little bit. Did you see the video uh, with Chad Johnson and they asked him what he thought his Madden rating was? And like, he was like, I, it should be a hundred. And <laughs> those two started cracking up. Like this kid, they called me crazy, but I'm telling you, he is going to be great fast. And the, when I say the sky is the limit, that's, putting too much of a limit on him <laughs> the atmosphere is the limit this the milky way is the limit <laughs> i can't believe you're putting limits on him ryan that's <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> mace you want to take our breath away with the next comment 
Muted. 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 <laughs> beer from Muted. a shoe. Beer from a shoe. Oh. Well, that was for you. Well, you got to read the first two words, though, Zach. My boys. There you go. Can someone please explain to me how, for the better part of two decades, 75% of the AFC East couldn't find their guy? I'm not saying it's easy to find a Tommy 12, but for the love of stone ground mustard, <laughs> how could these teams not at least have had someone offer the Pats a few seeds in their hideous red, white, and blue watermelon? These cheaters basically were gifted six dubs on the board to start every season. That fact is criminal, and those three teams should lose draft picks as a punishment for making us suffer through the unchecked years of the evil empire. Go flea flickers and bubble gum, ice cream, and magical codes. Love the count. Well, let's start with not the original sin, but pretty close to this. Nick Saban, head coach of the Miami Dolphins in the spring of 2006, with the option of pursuing Drew Brees or acquiring Dante Culpepper, did not like the state of Drew Brees' labrum that was injured in a game against the Broncos the previous year and opted for Dante Culpepper. Hey, 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 whoa, watch what you're saying about my guy, <laughs> Nick Saban. According to him, he signed off on Drew Brees. He wanted Drew, and the medical staff said, no, no, no. You got to trust your gut. He, he, <laughs> ultimate, look, the buck stops with Drew, with uh, the head coach, VP of personnel, the guy who has total say, does it not? Maybe it was the, the GM that said no. The buck stopped with <laughs> Nick Saban when he ran the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> uh, it's ultimately on him. Man, what, what, how many Super Bowls would Tom Brady have if Drew Brees was a Dolphin this whole time? Fewer. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, what's crazy here is just how much little things like this change the course of history. Not only did that change the course of NFL history, that changed the course of NCAA history. Because if he gets Drew Brees, he probably succeeds in the NFL. Alabama doesn't get all these national titles. The University of Colorado probably wins them. <laughs> and wow, what a world we're living in today. So who's your head coach then? It doesn't matter, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Saban, let's see, Saban. Stays there. So, uh, who was the other best coach? And like Jim Tressel or something. At the All time? right. Yeah. Uh, like Urban Alabama. Meyer. Yeah. Maybe Urban Meyer was in Florida at the time. Alabama hires Jim Tressel. Urban Meyer says, "Man, I really miss my days back at Colorado State, except for the Colorado <laughs> State part. I'm going to see you." Buffs win all those national. <laughs> How about oh that? Gosh. Mark It Snacks chimes in and says, "Hey guys, I had to play catch up on a couple of pods, so I'll try to be quick." Uh, little hint here: he is not quick. One <laughs> laundromat donuts are legit, but in Pueblo, uh, Schuster's Bakery reigns supreme. They're freshly made every morning in-house. The cake donuts are to die for. Their Bavarian cream is incredible, and they've been a staple in town for decades. Uh, yeah, cake donuts don't really do it. You got to have the other ones, the fluffy ones. Two. Yeah, what, is, what is up with people in cake donuts? I thought cake donuts were just like when you don't know how to make a, a good fluffy donut. I didn't know people actually would prefer a cake donut. I mean, I, cake donuts are literally reserved for when you're late to the donut box. <laughs> All right. And you get stuck with those. <laughs> Two, congratulations to D-Dubs for moving on to sales. It's a great promotion and comes with better opportunities and hours. I hope, you, I hope to join you in that part of the beer industry in the next couple of years. Since I also work in Colorado Springs, this means, with the exception of brew pubs, that D the DNV Army is involved in the distribution of all beer in southeastern Colorado. That's pretty <laughs> darn cool. I love it. Oh, yeah. Three for Mr. B. Four. Finally, for Bum Talk Friday, the NFL owners just watched the the fuster cluck wow of a labor dispute <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> between the MLB owners and the players and thought that looks fun hold my beer while it's at least promising to see that they want to put the salary cut in escrow it is exhausting to see these team owners expect players to make up for a potential loss of profit it's the risk you take of owning a business don't pawn it off on the people who are risking their physical health and long-term well-being for the love of the game financial security for them and their families, and for the entertainment of the masses. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to have 
many, many days to talk about the labor dispute with the with the NFL and the players. So I, can we save that for then? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, I think we're going to have uh, many opportunities as well, Ryan, which isn't good. Yeah. Real because, quick, yes, though. I agree with you, uh, Mark I.T. Snatch. It's, it's ridiculous. Real quick, though. Yesterday on the podcast, were you – did I hear that you guys were um, – I don't know, bashing the league for the idea of not allowing players to do jersey swaps and, and meetups after the game? It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just a silly, silly rule. Yeah, they're, they're hitting each other in close contact for three and a quarter hours. The not- horse is out of the bar. And the other thing I'm attacking it for is, is because you have a scenario where the league has said 35% in the escrow. The players are saying no. They have – They've literally solved a problem here that was the least of the problems. Okay, but I think you got – I saw everyone – like, I just didn't have time to deal with this in my mentions <laughs> yesterday. I saw everyone was all over the league for this, but to me it makes absolute and perfect sense. Look, yes, are the offensive and defensive linemen going to be touching and grabbing and sweating all over each other all game? Of course they are. Are uh, receivers and cornerbacks going to be doing the same thing? Yes. Running backs, linebackers, yes. But that's a small percentage uh, on the whole. You know, if the Broncos are playing the Browns, which I don't even think they do, but if they were, Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield were never going to be anywhere near each other during the entire game. And you could go through that with lots of players. So while it seems on the surface a little bit silly, it actually is – there isn't that much of the percentage of the players that actually interact between each other on a given day. Now, yes, of course – you could get into the uh, the idea of, okay, but eventually if one guy gets it from this guy and that guy goes near that guy and, you know, it's going to spread, uh-huh. that makes sense. But I think Community spread. on the whole here, you are actually cutting down on a lot of contact that wouldn't happen during the game. Well, but, I mean, how, how, much, how much does this happen? It's, it's four or five guys after a game. So I don't think you're, like, uh, you're, you're taking a, a huge risk away. And then also – if you if you have that mindset, then you need to have individual locker rooms for every single player, even it, because even they're all, they're on the same team. It, you you gotta put them in a bubble. If you're gonna put them in a bubble like that, then they gotta be in a bubble this whole time. I just think like there there there's logic behind this. It's not a completely asinine idea to say like we just want to cut down on the and honestly, you can just think of it from quarterbacks only. If one quarterback has it, you really don't want the other team's quarterback to have it. And if if they don't talk before or after the game, that's not going to happen. Ryan, I do have to ask, how, how's your back feeling from just, you know, putting the NFL on your back right now? I just, I, I just, I, I just feel like there was logic. It's not, it's not a completely silly thing. Like, they're trying at least to cut down on a, a little bit of contact, despite the fact that, yes – is there going to be a lot of contact between players? Yes, but you can cut down uh, on a, at least half the teams never being near each other. I, I know you, well, that, uh, yeah. you just got a phone call. I heard your phone. Was that Roger Goodell saying thanks for uh, standing by us? Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe you could uh, work alongside Rap Sheet there, carrying the water for the negotiations <laughs> where they stand, giving the sunny, view, the, the sunny view of all that. I can see the clouds here, though. Also, like, is it that big of a deal that the players can't hang out after the game? Like, just makes our job harder anyway. It no, it's longer. it's just a it's just a ridiculous headline. That's all. Yeah. Get get ready for the prayer circle after the game to take up the entire field if you've got guys distancing. That's okay. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is that it it actually makes sense. It's it's easy to dog on it, but it actually does make sense. Sure. Uh, the next one here is from the Manning Face Scott. Hey, guys, so I don't know if you saw Jerry, Judy, or Melvin Gordon's conversation on Twitter yesterday. I don't know if it's something to be alarmed about. It's definitely not something to be alarmed about. So Judy tweets, sheesh, it's so hard to breathe up here. I damn near passed out going up these stairs. Melvin Gordon responds, ha, ha, oh, man, let me get out there, dog. I already know what time it is. And Judy responds, LMAO, no cap, this stuff ain't no joke. And Gordon responds, ha, ha, I'm going to get there a week early just to jog around and do sprints. I can't go out like that during conditioning chest. Jerry Judy responds, not going to flag, big bruh. One week is not enough, LOL. And Melvin finishes the conversation by saying, ha, 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 crying face. Well, pray for your boy. 
Sorry for posting such a long post, but is this something to really be concerned about when it comes to Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon's conditioning? I've seen Jerry <laughs> Judy's videos working out and whatnot, but this just sounds alarming. And Melvin Gordon saying he's going to come a week earlier for his conditioning test while you see Phil busting his you-know-what. Doesn't sound good either. I hope I'm not reading too much into it. You are. Please tell me if I am. You are. I'm excited as every other Broncos fan to have Jerry Judy on our team, but this just raised some alarms. Jerry, Jerry Rice ran up and down the hills of San Francisco, and I don't think he would have ever said anything like this. What? We need this Jerry to be like the other Jerry. Sorry again for the long post. Thanks for all you do. Have a great and safe weekend. Okay. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. It took Noah Fant, I think, seven training camp practices before he was actually acclimated. And he had been here since rookie training camp uh, or rookie mini camp. And Brian, you're, you're, yeah, you're talking about training camp practices. Right, yeah. Seven training camp practices before I saw Noah Fant not gasping for air after every single play. Uh, it's just – it is an adjustment. And unless you're someone like Zach who goes and runs, you know, obscene <laughs> distances, the average person isn't going to feel it. Um, the best way I can describe it, I remember I went to a concert in the mountains once. And – for me, you know, that's another 5,000 feet up. So it's probably, it's a similar change from what the average person does coming from sea level. Uh, and we were getting crazy and bouncing around. And like, that was the first time I ever knew what people were talking about because it was really exerting yourself and like, it just burns the lungs. And it is not something that you can acclimate to quickly. So no, Jerry Judy is not going to be fighting this for his whole career just going to take a while like for a high level athlete to truly get to a point where they don't feel it takes a long time yeah I'm I'm not worried about Jerry Judy or Melvin Gordon at all I will say Jerry don't don't put don't put that out there because it just it it, it does this to people it makes people worried and then it also makes people question if you're in good shape Jerry I know you're in good shape don't make people question it when you go to sea level, Zach, do you do you feel like you can run further? You know, I need to uh, I need to try that, and I've heard that the going from altitude down to sea level, I think it helps you for seventy two hours. You get a seventy two hour window, so I need to try that. Mm-hmm. Fly somewhere and and then uh, try a run. What about You're running in the mountains right now, though? When you uh, go up to the mountains and run, do you feel a difference? No. Wow. Okay. I haven't, haven't yet. Maybe I need Too to test conditioned. that out. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, it's going to take a while. Like I said, Noah Fant is the perfect example. Forget my thing about going to the concert. Uh, Noah Fant is the perfect example. It took him months. And I guess the one thing, if you want to pick something to be concerned about here, it would be that Melvin Gordon, like, just isn't interested in coming into Colorado more than a week before training. Why would he not just be here training right now? I don't, I don't know if it's because he, he doesn't have a trainer out here, doesn't feel comfortable with meeting a new trainer out here because he will – I would say he doesn't want to travel during corona, which I totally understand, but the fact that he's going to have to travel during corona. Eventually, yeah. Right, uh, eventually. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he is training in California, but obviously that doesn't have the altitude like here. Well, you have to travel during corona, but at the same time, uh, the travel with the teams is going to be – far more controlled than oh, it would be commercially. Zach is just saying event to get here. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Traveling during the season is different than traveling to get here unless you're going to drive. Because if you, if he was going to fly out here, you know, you're flying commercial. If you're flying during the season with your team, that's going to be the most controlled environment that you can imagine. So it's a little – it is different. No, definitely. I just meant, like, when – like – whether he goes here, gets here a week before yeah. training camp or he gets here today, it's the same travel during the virus. That's what um, I was saying, too. Yeah. I, and, hey, man, that's his prerogative. Um, but Philip Lindsay, you know, I think he's past the acclimation period considering he's been here for 24, 25 <laughs> years. Uh, Buff, Buff Devil, so, speaking of Philip Lindsay chimes in and says my boys and your careers as sports beat writers i.e not limited to the broncos what was the game that led you to write your favorite game story mace you're spot on retelling of homer falling down springfield uh gorge had me rolling for the next question we need to go to season two episode 10 bart gets hit by a car 
What does attorney Lionel Hutt's business card turn into when you put it in water? Have a great weekend, everyone. Oh, and Valor Christian High stinks, buff devil. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, they don't suck, but they <laughs> uh, cheat. So they're like the Patriots. Yeah, they win. That's for sure. The Best team sucks, money can buy. Yeah, the thing that sucks <laughs> is that they don't. They aren't actually cheating. What they're doing is uh, allowed by the rules. So the real uh, villain here is Chassa for allowing teams that can recruit and give scholarships to private schools and all these other nice benefits should not be playing against public schools like yeah. th- that have none of the same benefits. It's like if you know. Uh, only one team or two teams in the Pac-12 were allowed to recruit. Like, of course, those teams are going to win. It's like the Patriots, if they weren't actually cheaters as well, they, they always seem to find the holes in the rules that no one else knows about. Like, what, what was that one play where they had, like, a, a tight end? It was in a playoff game line up in a weird spot and then he was wide open because no one thought that was legal. It, it's stuff like that. It, it's, it's really on the rules. Yeah, yeah, blame the rules. Except the Patriots also cheat on top of that. Speaking of the – by the way, speaking of uh, the Patriots and former Patriots, uh, your boy Tom Brady might have a problem in Tampa right now because Donovan Smith, who was going to be his left tackle, posted on Instagram and said that playing uh, during the pandemic is, quote, a risk not worth taking, unquote. Who said this? Donovan Smith of the Bucks left tackle. Tom Brady's blindside protector. Well, good thing Tom's elusive. <laughs> yeah, I, I would also have to say that uh, uh, Tom Brady does not agree with him on this. This could be a, a relationship issue. That's a good thing he's not a receiver. He might not be seeing the ball this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yikes. Okay, um, before we move on, I have to tell you about something. I can't find it. <laughs> Strava. Strava Crafts Coffee. I don't even need to see it. It's CBD-infused coffee. It's delicious. It will really help you with a myriad of different things or could help you with a myriad of different things. You really got to try it to find out. If you haven't done anything with CBD, you'll, you really should – experiment with it and coffee is a perfect way to get it into your system you already know you're going to drink it every morning if you're anything like me so hit them up use the code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off your shipment of strava craft coffee they'll send it straight to your door guys we we started this uh this friday pod about 45 minutes later than typical but that was great because it it gave me time to bring out the lawnmower and and do the lawn mowing that i needed for the weekend but of course I, i wasn't outside I was in the comfort of my own home using that Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped, getting the best trim that you can find, whether it's inside, outside, below the belt, above the belt, wherever it is. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best piece of shaving technology out there. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, a 90 minute battery that will never die on you, advanced skin safe technology, everything you could want, including a freaking light, an LED light that will illuminate everything that you need to see. And of course, why don't you just get the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with that Lawnmower 3.0. It comes with the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant, the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on toner, and comes with a travel bag, disposable shaving mats, and the comfiest set of anti-chafing boxers you've ever worn. So check out Manscaped, and when you do, use that magical code DNVR20 to get yourself 20% off and free shipping. So Manscaped, DNVR20. All right, next one here is from the Southern Texan Bronco. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> After two years of being a noner, and listening almost every day, I've decided to take my talents to a subscription. Hey! Also, yeah, good job. He says, I also just uh, realized I botched the hell out of my username. So I guess this is who I am now. Yeah, he forgot the N in Southern. Um, I'm excited to be a part of the family. After moving back to Texas, after serving six years in the Air Force in South Dakota, I've dealt with the loneliness of a small percentage of Broncos in the fan base. I miss living there in part uh, to not having to pay for the damn Sunday ticket. 
nonetheless, sorry for the long comment. Well, we're happy to have you. We definitely thank you for your service in the Air Force. Uh, and I, you've got some fellow Air Force friends here in the comment section. So uh, thank you all you guys. Yes, thank you so much for your service. And thank you so much for rolling with us. And thank you for giving us a new term for people that listen but don't subscribe. Noner. I love it. So all you noners out there, let's follow the Southern Texan Bronco. And why don't you join us so that you can leave comments like that. And also, by the way, if your comment was not long at all. Yes, it was not. We appreciate that. <laughs> Next one coming in from De uh, Deacon1228. My boys, haven't been able to comment much due to work being very busy, but I just wanted to say thanks for keeping me sane with the awesome job you guys do. Keep it up. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Also, any spots left in the PS4 Madden League? I was driving and couldn't write down the contact info. Thanks, boys. Hashtag Broncos country. Uh, what was that? Any spots left in the PS4 Madden League? I believe so. You want to reach out to Super Bowl, and I think you can find him in the DNVR Lounge, uh, which everyone should be checking out the DNVR Lounge. Always good Broncos conversation going in there. It's just 24-7 pretty much. Um, so check out the DNVR Lounge, and it's at, uh, at Super Bowl, and uh, he can get you set up in the PS4 Madden League. Next one from Broncos, Sooners, New York Rangers. Friday is here, my boys. Crack a Breck brew and dance the night away, fellas. I'm here to talk Broncos football. Hey, us too. What are your official predictions for Broncos leaders in these categories this season? Rushing yards. Ooh, yards. You doing uh, it, Ryan? I'm trying to, you trying to remember my takes uh, uh, from DNVR Bets Daily. Um, yards. I think yards goes to Philip Lindsay. Of course you do. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Melvin. I just think he's gonna get the opportunities. Receiving yards. Wait, wait, wait. Do I get a do I get yes, a say in this? Mace. Of course, Mace. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. If you okay. go carries, I'll give it to uh Philip Lindsay. But as we know, uh, based on career percentages, Philip Lindsay needs needs uh well, averages twenty percent more yards every time he touches the ball. Yeah, and that's, I just think he's going to get 20% fewer carries because I agree with It'll you. It'll be there, a tie. <laughs> Receiving yards. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Cortland. No question, Cortland. <laughs> Receiving touchdowns. Cortland, because, because he's going to be the primary target from the 25 on in. Yeah, I'm gonna go Albert O. No, I'm no, gonna go. I'm gonna go Cortland. <laughs> uh, I'll go Jerry Judy. Oh, love it, sacks. Oh. I'll go Jerry Judy. <laughs> and I'll go Cortland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sacks is gonna be Bradley Chubb. Oh gosh, it should be Bradley Chubb. Uh, yeah, I'll go Bradley Chubb. I like that. I mean, I I could make it interesting and say Von Miller, but. Uh... I've been pretty consistent on saying that Bradley Chubb's going to have that bump that most guys that have 12 plus sacks as a rookie have. So I got to go with Chubb. It's weird. I just, I'm uncomfortable with, ah, boy, I don't know. Okay. Interceptions. Uh, who's going to have the most interceptions? Drew Locke. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> well, he will. He will. He's going to catch the most interceptions. Um, I'm going Kareem Jackson. Mm, you're going Simmons, Mace? Yes. I'll go Boye then. If you're giving me uh, okay. the, the only corner out there, I'll take that for sure. Bonus, All give right. us your final Drew Locke stats. Oh, we'll definitely be giving you those. I think that uh, deserves a little more conversation, though. So uh, stay tuned for the bonus. He says, thanks for taking the time to answer our questions, guys. Go Broncos. The only stat you need to know for Drew Locke is one. One MVP trophy. <laughs> there you, you go. Guys. Oh. <laughs> nothing, like, nothing like putting a little pressure on the kid. I mean, come on. Look, I'm not saying he has to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying he has to be the best player in the league for 16 games. Maybe Drew Locke is, is like John Elway, where he's never felt pressure in his life. Or you said 16 games. What if it's a shorter season? Like, the NFL had a nine-game season in 1982 because of the strike. And one of the odd aspects of that unusual year was that a kicker won MVP, Mark Mosley, 
was the MVP that year. That's not going to happen. We're not going to see Justin Tucker be the MVP of the league this year. But if it is an eight to 10 game season, doesn't it put you in position for an outlier result? One that is completely unexpected nationally. I'm just yeah, saying like a, a, short, a, short, a short season could help Drew Locke and his MVP chances. True. Or Jerry Judy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's probably a good point, though, with receivers and running backs in general because you get, you get somebody who gets hot and, like, you get a receiver that just goes on a tear and you have a 10-game schedule and the receiver has, like, 1,400 yards in 10 games on pace for 2000. That's the sort of thing that could lead to an outlier result like that. I, I don't even think that would do it because I, I think it has to be like we saw with Adrian Peterson. It has to be like record breaking. Uh, it, you know, you have to hit the ridiculous stat line or, or else it's good, just going to be a quarterback. And that's a shame that it's like that, but that's what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, if you take say four, let's say a receiver has 1400 yards over 10 games and then you're going to have some extrapolation of that that says, oh, my God, he would have had, he would have had 2,240 yards. But, Mace, you're that's using certain, words that's like – That's the kind of thing. You're using words like extrapolation and you're doing math. I don't think voters are going to do that stuff. They're, they're just going to say, oh, who is the best quarterback? Oh, okay, yep, he gets it. They won't do that. The team's PR staffs will do that for them and give them the talking points. And then, like, define <laughs> extrapolation and all that stuff. Well, they'd say, well, no, they'd say if you played 16 games, he'd have this many yards and it'd be a record. And like, oh, well, in, in that case, uh, there, there it is. They wouldn't do it in the academic language that I tend to use. Academic, <laughs> pedantic, use whatever term you will. Pedantic. I, I have an important update for you guys. Um, Colin Morikawa has just finished his round on the day and uh, he finished six under. Hey. Finished with two birdies in the last three holes after a little suspension in play. He is your leader by not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six shots. Wow. So is this a little preview for what's to come on DNVR bets? Is that you're riding with him all weekend? I mean, again, you dance with the ones that brought you. This man has made me enough money to bet on him every time he ever sets foot on a golf course for the rest of his life and I'd probably still be in the green. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I was going to say the last one here comes in from the other Ryan. He says, my boys and folks, happy squeaky bum talk Friday. We will, will we get a fired up or a feel good rendition today? I think it was a little bit of both. I allow myself to have chicken fried steak once a year in early August on my birthday. You pair it with delicious peppered gravy, mashed potatoes, and Olaf sweet corn at its Aletha. Sorry. For a delectable dish, use a tenderized cube steak for the cut of meat. Here's a link to the recipe we use. RK, I've enjoyed bantering with you on Twitter this week concerning you living the dream. If your weekdays are as good as they look, I can only imagine what your weekends look like. The Count's affinity for flea flickers inspires my question today. Well, speaking of my weekend and the Count, I'm going up to Count Country. <laughs> I'm going to Montana to, to what I'm calling Camp Chisholm uh, with, with the good folks uh in, in montana up there in columbia falls so uh i i i can't wait to see, i've never been to montana before i can't wait to see it with the good folks up in columbia falls <laughs> pretty good pretty good anyways this is the council. by the way right yes sorry you're Mr. Colorado. I can't believe you didn't know how to pronounce Olathe as in the sweet corn that is one of this state's most delectable and amazing crops. One of the reasons why it's great to live in Colorado. Mace, I think you mean Olathe sweet, sweet corn. You didn't even give it the credit it deserves. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'd rather not overstate it. I'd rather, I'd rather let it speak for itself once you take one bite. Because as I found yesterday, having some other corn for corn on the cob, nothing else will suffice. I love Colorado so much, but Colorado basically exists uh, on like the 25 mile stretch between Denver and Boulder to me, um, <laughs> uh, except for I went to a new city I've never been to in Colorado yesterday, Elizabeth, Colorado. Um, nice place. Nice place. Yeah. That's nice of you to say that about Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's <laughs> reminded me of a lot of other places in Colorado. 
Um, <laughs> and they're all good, ex- except for Fort Collins. Uh, just kidding. Aww. Fort Collins is good, too. Okay, let me just finish this question. The Count's affinity for flea flickers inspires my question for today. What is your favorite type of offensive football play? For some reason, a well-designed and executed screen pass or wheel route just does wonders for me. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend. DNVR, me salute. Your favorite football play. You know what I love? The one that just really gets me going, and I don't know why it's not run more, is the tight end throwback screen. You get everything going one way. You have the tight end kind of just blocking on one end of the line. Everyone's moving to the left. Then he just kind of squeaks out to the right. Quarterback throws it back over there. A guy like Noah Fant or Alberto, all that open space, they're off to the races. I'm not going to lie. I I thought you were going to say the exact same one that I was going to say because I was going to say I really like uh, tight end jet sweeps, and I like them so much (laughs) that I'm probably starting the season with them. (laughs) I do love me a good tight end jet sweep, especially when it averages minus three and a half yards per carry. (laughs) Maybe Never uh, again. Maybe I'll go with, with, with a good jet sweep. Uh, and I feel like maybe it's just because we've been uh, we're in a drought with those around Denver. They should definitely be brought back with it with the receivers the Broncos have now. But man, maybe it's just because I'm craving one so bad. But a good jet sweep that works is always beautiful. Love me a good jet sweep. If you ever want to see a lot of good jet sweeps, you should watch me play Madden. <laughs> AJ Hamler jet sweeps all day. That's what it should be like with the Broncos this year. It should absolutely. Um, and speaking of jet sweeps, you should run the jet sweep through the aisles at Davidson's beer, wine, and spirits, just jet through the aisles and sweep everything into your cart for a great weekend ahead. Love what they got going on at Davidson's because they have this extremely knowledgeable staff. There's always people waiting around, just waiting for you to make eye contact with them and ask them a question because they pretty much know everything. So head on over to Davidson's today and get set up for your weekend. That is going to wrap it up for us on a squeaky bum talk, freaking pissed, fired up, feel good Friday. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend, and we'll catch you back on Monday. Turn